Hey, it's Craig Shoemaker. Oh, you knew that. Uh, I've got a lot of dates coming up, but uh, a few of them just looking here. We've got Roseville Theater. I don't know where that is. That's somewhere near Sacramento, Ventura, and the Punchline Atlanta. We've got Phoenix. We've got Tempe. And some other dates that are just dropping in every day. Uh, it's been great. So hopefully you'll go to craigshoemaker.com and get details and buy tickets. Get them ahead of time. That's always best. And it, by the way, it's Craig Shoemaker, not Schumacher. You make shoes. You don't mock shoes unless they're Crocs. Those you can mock. Stay tuned for my podcast with Jay Moore. It's been two years in waiting for Mr. Jay, and I think you're going to enjoy it. You're listening to Can I Help You with the love master himself, Craig Shoemaker. This is Craig Shoemaker. Obviously, you know that because you just downloaded it. It's called, it's called well, then I'll call her back. Dr. Craig Shoemaker, Can I Help You? And I think our guest doesn't even know that's what it's called. I know he's not that's aware correct. of what the that's podcast correct. is or I, even I what we do on the podcast. I don't. That's correct. So All I knew was this. We have, My friend Craig Shoemaker has a podcast, asked me to do it, and I wanted to do it. Yes. Because that's what I love. And doing. I just did yours. Haven't introduced it you yet. It could have been called, you know. Usually the guest waits till you, you're, waits till you're you do your they sibling. Do, usually they wait until you do your little intro, and then they get intro. We'll but, start over. We'll but yeah, no, I'm not going to start. I don't edit. <laughs> we, we don't edit. I mean, I'm on your equipment with your producer. But anyway, this is Craig Shoemaker, Dr. Craig Shoemaker with Can I Help You? And our guest today needs a lot of help, I think. But uh, this is a perfect guest. Now, you don't know this about the podcast. Is I'll have anyone on here from my accountant I've known since kindergarten to maybe someone famous. Why did I need my mic if you didn't want me to talk till after? No, I'm, going, I'm introducing you. Okay. Okay. Wait, what? You got me gonna, my heels. You it's going to happen. I don't read credits. Because everybody knows your credits anyway. So we have a, we'll get to it. Anyway, our guest is Jay Moore. Jay Moore. No, we're not uh, recording over here or anything. So you, and you know. He's talking to my son, Justin, who's in the background. We're here at the studios here in, uh, where I live in California. And Jay Moore, we just did his podcast. And now we're turning around. So he interviewed me. And we don't know one another that well. We've known each other I feel like I know you since 1990. How great is this? You're doing a podcast in Southern California. Your son, your grown, handsome, tall son is yeah. over there getting a snack. Getting a snack. I'm with who I love, Corey. Yeah. My sister with the most. And it's just, look at, look at this life. Life is beautiful. It's great. Yeah. So you could probably, this only lasts about five minutes because you don't need help with anything. So here's the thing, Jay. <laughs> I belong to two programs that end in A, and neither one of them have to do with eating. Okay, so I, I got a lot of work. You got day. a lot of work to do every morning. So every this night. is this is a podcast where we we float in different directions, much like yours, though. Too, it's, we have just had a very good time. That's called you know, more stories. If your guys want more stories, that's subscribe. more with an H. By the way, it's not more like Dudley. Uh, so this is a podcast where we try to figure out in our conversation if maybe I can help you with something. Okay. I fixed up nine marriages. I know you don't need any more of those. Well, I'm going to get married again. <laughs> so, all right. Well, there you go. So I don't, I, but you don't. And you know who. There you go. So then yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to connect you in that. So Jay Moore, you obviously have this huge career in comedy, acting, legendary movies, picture perfect. 
Well, I don't know. It kind of drops off at the end there. Picture perfect. Uh, I don't know if that's a legendary movie. Well, Jennifer Aniston, romantic comedy. My neighbor uh, wrote the story. That's why I was... Glenn Gordon, Glenn Karen? No, the story oh, okay. was written by my neighbor. Great. Great script. Cute. Was it? Yeah, it was cute. It was, I, I mean, think she I just thought of the story, though, and then it became this Jennifer Aniston picture with you starring... A, a second movie. Jerry Maguire wasn't out yet. So I was, Are you still friends with Jennifer Aniston? I was never friends with Jennifer Aniston. No one was ever meaner to me in my life. No! She made me cry. No! You, yeah. like, literally cry? I'm an alpha male, man. I'm a wolf. I went home to my parents in Jersey, put my head in my mom's lap, and went, she's so mean to me. I didn't know wolves cried. <laughs> this one did, because I'm a lone wolf. Right? I'm God's lonely wolf. Is that what it sounded like? <laughs> yes. So you... That was good, by the way. So she was so... She was, she, here's what happened. She's had an attitude. Movie, she was she was the bigger star at the time. Bigger star. I wasn't. A, I was a club comedian. Jerry Maguire wasn't out yet. Yeah. It was just the guy. How about Saturday Night Live? Were you on that yet? Yeah. Okay. Then, you know sitcoms that weren't Friends. Okay. But when I screen tested, it was John Stewart, Billy Baldwin, her boyfriend Nate Don- Kate Donovan. Donovan. Yeah. He screen tested. Um, some other. You like, beat I, out all these dudes. Including her trying to get her boyfriend a job? Yes, and she wasn't happy about it. And the first day of rehearsal at Silver Cup Studios in Queens, I'm standing there with Ileana Douglas, who I'm still great friends with. And then Jennifer Aniston walks in and goes, six guys they screen tested. Six. Not two. Six. And she points at me and she goes, the one I didn't want. That's who we're working with. Right to your face? No, I was right next to Ileana. She's saying it to Ileana. And then she walks away and Ileana looks at me and goes, you're going to have a great month. (laughs) And after like a take, she'd turn to a table of people and go, see? Like it's, it's already like cripplingly insecure to act anyway because you have to act and you yeah. can suck at any moment and have people go, she, imposter syndrome, really. Mm-hmm. And it was like a big scene where we dance and we have this conversation. And she was Rachel at this point from mm-hmm. Friends. Faith Prince, uh, Broadway legend, Kevin Dunn, who's on Veep. We're all at this table and she yeah. I would just do a scene. I swear, I remember like yesterday, she goes, see what I mean? Ooh, it was crazy. And then me and the director almost got in a fist fight. And then we were just bros immediately afterwards. And then I sat back down. And that moment after that almost fist fight, she looks at me and goes, can you believe this guy? And I got the pleasure of looking at her and going, I think he's terrific. So, so you're, you're, you don't call her at the holidays. I, I, I just read her Twitter today and it said their friends call her Jen. That's how her and I keep in touch, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you? What am I going to say? I brought her to a gangbang in the valley? And then yeah, sure. Store? I can't I, tell people that story. Yeah, there's nothing I can help you with with that. Right. So, uh, I don't need any help with that. It's great. So you moved out here in, in 1990 to Los Angeles with yeah. a dream. I went back and forth. I got SNL right the day after I met you at Dave Rath's house at a party. You walked in with a girl who I was did? with another girl. You were dating a girl named... What? Melanie. Good. I was? Yes. Oh, no, it was somebody else. Never mind. I thought it was you the whole time. I thought it was you my entire existence knowing you. So literally until this moment, yeah. it was another guy at Dave Rath's house. Yeah, it was a Craig Shoemaker type. No! I swear. Was Jeff, his name Craig? Jeff. Allen? He's got a big nose. Do I have a big nose? No, you don't. You're right. I just said it was a... Jeff Pitta. Oh, no, Mark Pitta. Mark Pitta. Mark Pitta. What did I say? 
You said Jeff Pitta. You didn't let me finish. Mark, I did let you finish. No, I was going to say, I, I know his name wasn't that. It's probably Mark Pitta. Mark Pitta, yes. Yeah. He and I were from kind of the same yeah. cloth, and I, I could see how you would get us confused. 15 years. Every time we I saw both, you, I'm like... Man. We both had like two, two or three impressions, and... Bull, let me... First of all... What? You have so many impressions. I used to. You just did three on my podcast, and none of them were Barney Fife. No, I'm talking about celebrity impressions. Well, you got to come up I can with imitate jokes. like people that no one knows. You did Richard Bruce Smirnoff, Richard Jenny. I can do, you know, whoever, you know, that we know personally, but oh, no I one see, else knows you. them. Well, that means by definition you could do people with that. Like, Barney age. Fife was my, that's, oh. that's always the, my go-to classic. Just like you that's have Christopher Walken, right? That's the closer. Is Christopher Walken yours? Yeah, because they get mad if I don't do it. Oh, yeah, I'm that way with Barney Fife. It's like enough already. I did an hour and ten minutes. You want to know why, why I didn't hear an impression? Have you ever been asked to loop? People don't know what looping is. Uh, looping is you replace their voice. Or, well, and normally it's your voice. There's some weird air sound in the mic, so you've got to record whatever you were saying to yeah. correct the audio. But if the person can't make it or if they're in a contract, or if whatever died, it is. Or like I saw, I saw Carlos Alzaraki do that for Lloyd Bridges when I did the movie Mafia. Wow. Well, <laughs> I did it for Don Knotts in the movie oh Pleasantville. I love you. But I had to imitate him as an old guy. Oh. So if you watch the movie, he circles an apple on a telestrator like John Madden. That's mm-hmm. actually my voice. Most of the movie is my voice. He's a TV repairman. And he goes, boom, what do you call that right there, bud? They're forbidden fruit here in Pleasantville. I'm your TV repairman here in And that's, that's actually wow. my voice. That's so perfect. Imitating him. Uh, as an old guy, which was really surreal to me. Are there different voices for old and young Don? Yeah, there's a young Don Knotts and an older Don. Don. It's just the same like with Pacino's Don. got young Pacino. Yeah, Pacino's got three, right? Do you do all three? What's the third one? It's young. Young Pacino sounds like Tyne Daly from I'm Cagney dying over here. I'm with a guy who thinks Wyoming is a country. That's okay, though, Sal. I'm dying over Attica. Attica, Attica. And then a piano falls on my back. Hoo hoo. What's your name, Benny Blanco, from the fucking Bronx? Because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Guys like you are my job. So I don't know the third one. Uh, Scarface. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was in the finals. It was me and one other guy. Elon Gold? To be him as Scarface for the game. That's a lot of money to pay, play him. He couldn't do his own voice anymore because he became, oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, it's real high. And, and But in Scarface, he was beyond yeah. when he was when he did uh, Dog Day Afternoon. He's the best actor we have. Oh, it's the best. And uh, so he he was judging who was, and I made the finals, and I did that scene with the um, Say Hello to My Little Friend. I had to do that. And I had veins popping out. I had so to take Tylenol afterwards. Yeah, say hello to my little friend, and I went crazy with this impression. I wanted this gig, and I didn't get it. The one, another guy, the other joke in the movie Mafia was a six foot eight priest. He goes, "Say hello to my little friend," and he lifts up his skirt, and there's a midget between his legs with a machine gun. (laughs) It was a real intellectual movie. So, uh, have you ever met Christopher Walken? Yeah, I did uh, Suicide Kings with him. (gasps) I met him on the set of that. And we were together. Did you do the impression for him? I did, and he got upset because he thought I was teasing him and making, I was mocking him because he had a a chunk of dialogue that I got obsessed with. Mm -hmm. I can be a poet at times. Poetry book's coming out, actually. I should have said that on my podcast, I'm realizing. Um, 
And it was, it's lucky for you, I know who I know, and I do what I do, otherwise, your princess should be chopped mincemeat by now. <laughs> who got lucky? Say it. I get lucky. Just say you got lucky. Did and you? I was saying it, I know who I know, and I do it, and I would switch the order. I do what I do, and I know, and he goes, oh, it's got to stop. <laughs> You're making, I go, what? He was walking around, making fun of me. Come on. <laughs> I go, oh, no. I go, I just love the speech so much, and I think you're the best. You know? What's his favorite? What's your favorite part? These are played a favorite uh, scene. I have a favorite scene that I'm thinking of. I I, my favorite scene well. is a sentence, and it's in King of New York. Well, no, the Russian roulette scene is the fucking one. Oh, my God. And Deer Hunter. Like, it, it, I can't even talk about it. I'm choked up. It's so crazy. It's, it's one and of the, the greatest scene scenes. At the VA hospital, when the guy keeps asking him his name, and he's just silent staring, mm-hmm. and then he just starts laughing and crying. It's like, oh, Remember the deer hunter with the roulette? Um, That's what I'm talking. When about. I was yeah. yeah, when I was a kid, oh. uh, big shot, big like big it. big into the drinking, we played the beer hunter, <laughs> and we would take a six pack and put it in a in a brown paper bag and shake up one of the cans, and the guy would put it up to his. head. I always played the Vietnamese guy. Mao, <laughs> so Mow. so I would hand it to him, and you had to you had to open the can next to your head. And one of them was going to blow in your face. Put an empty beer can in that hand. Come on, put it up. We're going to be out of here. You want to stay down here and die? <laughs> Who are you, God? My favorite scene is uh, the roulette scene, but I also love King of New York when he puts a gun to the guy's head and he goes, the guy that stole from them, stole Coke. And he goes, just tell me why. Before I kill you, just tell me why. Why? Why'd you do it? Why? And right before he goes, he goes, it was for the money, okay? And he goes, just tell me why. <laughs> like he ignores his answer. Right, right. It's the weirdest fucking thing. My favorite true romance. Oh, yeah, yeah. With Hopper. That's amazing. Do you know me? I'm Antichrist. One of the greatest scenes, I would say, Ever. in film history. Ever. And I've got another scene that he's not in in Your film great, history. Your great, great grandmother. Fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and had a half kid. <laughs> and they had a baby that was a quarter. Mm. Which makes you. That means you're, mm, you're a cantaloupe. <laughs> he says, that makes you a moulinian. You're a cantaloupe. Because he, he thinks he's really been plant. That's you know, he's Italian. I don't know if you ever get jealous of people for being in something. I very rarely get jealous, but my friend is in that scene. I'm, I'm jealous that he's in the scene. He speaks Italian, then. It's weird because he's Everybody Jewish from Brooklyn. Italian. No, but he's Jewish from Brooklyn. Really? I think you probably know him, Paul Ben Victor. I do know Paul. Yeah, so Paul is, is he in that the guy scene. That goes, what happened, or the Italian? guy that explains it? Yeah, speaking of Italian. There's two guys. Isn't that crazy? Is he the guy that asks what happened, or the guy that explains what happened? Uh, it's all subtitled. What happened. Huh? Yeah, ask what happened. He goes, but gentle, get by, like, what happened? He, he goes, just, he called Boss the N word, so he shot him in the face. Isn't that crazy, and he, and he makes a little shrug, like, yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy that we cast you know, him from Brooklyn being Jewish. No Italian in whatsoever. You know what I get that way Teach about. him Italian instead of casting someone who actually speaks Italian. That's pretty amazing. It tells you how good Paul is as an actor. Yeah. I feel yeah. that way about, um, there's a New Zealand actor, Cliff you go, Curtis. That you're jealous of? Not jealous of, just I can't believe he's playing a Mexican drug dealer in Training Day when he's a Maori from New Zealand, <laughs> and that he's playing a Jewish you know, uh, accountant in something huge, and he's a Maori from New Zealand, you know? But uh, Spider on Goodfellas, Christopher uh, from, what's his real name? Michael Imperioli. Yeah. He plays Spider on Goodfellas. And it's really like three lines mm-hmm. said over and over. Like, mm-hmm. no, I thought you said, I'm a right Spider. 
Mm-hmm. And Pesci goes, "Where's my drink? I'm not all right, you fucking prick. <laughs> Where's my drink? <laughs> no, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought you stuttering prick. No, I, I thought you said I'm a. I thought, I thought you said I'm a right spider. I'm not all right. Where's the buddy? No, I thought you said, and it keeps going and going. Yeah. Every guy came in there to audition was like, "Nah, I thought you said I'm a right spider." Like played a big muscly, yeah, Hell's Angel biker muscly guy, Italian. And he walks in, he plays like a special boy. Right. Of course he got the part. You know what I mean? And, and like, you go fuck yourself, Tommy. Are you, do you still have, I don't like the word starstruck, but for lack of another term. Well, no, are, that's what it is. It is, but okay. So Some people we'll just, have gravity to them that you can't deny. Like when I met LeBron, it was, yeah. oh, you are New York City. There's mm-hmm. so much happening here, mm-hmm. like energy-wise. Yeah. Like when you meet Tom Cruise, you go, I, I don't get like afraid. I just go, I, I just am seeing a wattage and a frequency that no one I've ever met has. Yeah. If Tom Cruise it's pumped gas in Minot, North Dakota, mm-hmm. they'd find him. Mm-hmm. Alex Caruso, they'll find you, right? It's, Alex that, Caruso that's a really Lakers. good way to put it. You know, I talk about vibration all the time, but you're right. There's a wattage in certain people. That is, it's not intimidating because Julia Roberts. Because like, what are you gonna do? I mean, Julia Roberts is Julia Roberts. Oh no! I uh, so funny you should say that. <laughs> so out here at the movie theater, um, in line, it was a four o'clock you know, semi matinee. I'm with my kids, the little ones. We're about to go watch a kid movie, and this woman is screaming at this guy, going, "Get away from me! I told you to get away from me!" And I'm Philly, you know. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm into protecting women. And I was like, yo, 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 what's going on over here? You know, this guy was like with a camera. And, uh, and she goes, oh, it's okay. Just go be with your children. She's got a little lilt, a little southern lilt. And she just, you know, it's okay. And I go, no, what's he doing? I said, let me help you out here. And she goes, no, no, no. She kept dismissing it. And then as we're walking in, my friend whispers to me, you know, that's Julia Roberts. I had no idea it was Julia Roberts. So it's funny you would say that. Right. And then I went up to her and I said, hey, look, I know who you are now. You know, this is in the movie theater. I said, I know who you are now, but l- let me walk you to your car. You know, uh, chivalry's not dead. I said, I really want to. And she goes, oh, don't worry about it. They don't wait anymore. And I walked to her oh. car, and they don't wait anymore. <laughs> there, there was no one out there. Yeah, but she was really upset. But she looks nothing. It's funny you would use her as an example. Well, I mean, like when she popped. Oh, when she popped, yeah. I saw her in Letterman with a Dalmatian off leash that was wandering around her dog and she was blowing bubbles because the dog would snap at her. And you were there because Saturday Night Live? No, I was watching it on TV. Oh, and I was okay. like, I'd marry, I don't know who she is, I'll marry her right now. I felt that way about Bjork when I first saw her with the Sugar Cubes, the singer Bjork. Mm-hmm. When I saw her with the Sugar Cubes on MTV, do some concert, I'm like, there's my wife, I'm all set. You know, I go way back with who I knew. You know how you know, I'm sure you have, I want to get into that. Uh, Charlize Theron from my, my acting class. I'd be pretty starstruck if I met her. And she had it. Yeah. That that unbelievable I want to feel it. That you know. <laughs> this this 20-year-old from South Africa that comes to our acting class, Ivana Chubbuck's class, and I knew. And it was, and then I just saw her in Bombshell, unrecognizable. Like Remind I'm me looking to start at an acting school. Okay? What's that? Remind me before I leave to start an acting school. Yeah, we, we should do that, Jay. 
We should come up with something. We should come up with something to do together. Well, if you're married, I wouldn't do it. I'm doing it for obsequious reasons. (laughs) I'm doing it to be of service, which is what this podcast is supposed to be about. A lot of, but I did want to tell your old birthday 14 minutes ago, uh, girls from the valley that just need guidance. Watch the movie. Watch the movie Bombshell if you want to see a performance. Like she, she becomes. Is that who star star strikes you? No, no. I mean, obviously, I'll say the one time because I go way back with her if she doesn't. You just come, I got come you. to my shows and everything It happened else. to me one time for real, the Starstruck thing. What uh, was it? Who was I was it? at the 2000 Super Bowl Ravens-Giants in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium. And during the National Anthem, I looked to my right and I saw Hank Aaron during the National Anthem and I, I almost cried. Really? It was one of the most beautiful Hank things. Hank Aaron, huh? I mean, I was just... Interesting. I was a fucking baby. And then right as I was feeling that, Hulk Hogan five rows up was hammered and rips off his shirt and starts flexing. Now that you know athletes, though, well, you just said LeBron James... Now that I know athletes personally, none of them do it for me. There's very few LeBron Jameses. That's true. You know, that you, is you bump true. into Robert Ory, it's like, oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. You meet LeBron, you go, you are a, yeah. you have a gross national domestic product in, in China, global. Have you ever been invited to Jeff Franklin's parties? Do you know about Jeff Franklin's parties? I wish I lived his life. This is, yeah, it's, he has the, this bachelor mansion. Yeah. Where they actually where the Manson murders took place, he leveled it and built this gigantic. He's eh, a creep. Gigantic. <laughs> I'd say it was a creep. He went from my, uh, why am I not on the list to I'm there, I'm going. So anyway, he has these parties in his living room with jams with Tom Jones, Beach Boys, Macy Gray, Jackson Brown was at the last one in his living room. It's the most insane thing you've ever seen. So surreal, you know. So I'm sitting there one night, and I told you before. Off the off microphone that I love trivia, so I'm going to have you try to okay, guess. I don't mind this kind of trivia. So this guy, so Alan Thick, when he was this just before he passed away, and Urkel, they're sitting with me. Jaleel White. Jaleel White, exactly. So, but it was it was just surreal that it was growing pains. Yeah. Jaleel White, Urkel. I'm sitting, that theme the whole too. thing's just so surreal. Alan Thick. I was White. actually with Jeannie was there that night. Uh, great. Our friend Jeannie Bus, she was there. Thick gets up and his wife, and taking their place, one legend, but one top, top legend that had me silent, couldn't ever even ask for a photograph. Can you guess who it is? Well, like, what, what genre time, of entertainment? Huh? What's that? What genre of entertainment? Um, just entertainment. Let's, uh, uh, then, no, uh, I can't get it. Right, music. Fine. Music, you bastard. Bob Dylan. Way bigger. Well, thank you, by the way, because I think Bob Dylan's wildly overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Springsteen is what everyone tries to sell me that Dylan is. Springsteen's my guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the guy that I probably... So you phrased that like we were I could never meet, but it wasn't Springsteen. Then uh, Keith Richards. Very close. Ron Wood. Keep going. Uh, he was there. Brian Jones after his death. No, it was Mick Jagger. Mick Taylor. Mick, Mick Jagger. Jagger's sitting there. Why did I have Mick Taylor I, before Mick? I, 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 love, I love that he's got. I love that he's got everyone else in the band besides Mick Jagger ahead. The that, they're, that, they're, that they're the legend. I was just in the ahead uh, of Mick wing, Jagger. The brain, the wing in my brain was the guitarist's wing, and I was going to make my way around. <laughs> so he sits down like two seats away from me. And I'm going, oh my god. Yeah, that would Jagger. do it for me. Yeah. So I couldn't speak, and I didn't. Say How long anything. ago was this? This is two years ago. Wow. So, so I go. I'm going. Oh my, so they have jams all the time. So now Tom Jones is on stage. By the way, the most underrated singer ever. He's always in this living room singing. I'm going to go with Roy Orbison, but okay. I'm talking about underrated. Like people yeah. think he's sh- schlocky because of the underwear and all that. The dude 
has an unbelievable instrument, Tom Frank, Jones. Oh, yes, definitely. Unbelievable, like blows Welsh. me away every time. And he's still great, by the way. So he's on stage. Is it unusual to be loved by anyone? Do you uh, think? He yeah. says it's not. Well, yeah, I don't know. My, 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 Delilah. So he's on stage, and he says he starts to do... On little, stage in the living room. He's in the living room. Wow. Jagger and Ron Wood get up, and they go to the back of the room. Now I'm thinking to myself, I'm about to see something legendary. I hate him. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm now going to produce this like the producer I am. Tom Jones starts a monologue. Goes, well, you know, I'm from Wales, and there's some lads from London who are here. I'm going, oh my god, I'm going to see Tom Jones with Mick Jagger. No one gets to see this. So, but they're not taking the bait. So I go back. I'm too nervous with, with Jagger, but I did go up to Ron Wood. And I go, hey, you know. Um, Tom Jones is uh, asking for you guys to jam. He goes, oh, we're going to take the night off, mate. I go, uh, Ronnie Wood? Ron Wood says, oh. He always sounds like a pirate. We're, we're, we're going to take, take the night off, mate. And I said, well, wait, wait. I, said, I said, wait a minute. You don't want to jam? Goes, no, 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 no. We're going to take the night off. I said, you're going to uh, tell Sir Tom Jones, he's talking about you guys right now, to fuck off. He goes, tell him to fuck off in the most polite way possible. <laughs> That's amazing. It this never, is what never, was Mick saying. Or it was just Ronnie. Yeah, no, he was. Ronnie just, Wood's a very underrated solo musician too. His albums are really I, I, good. Yeah, yeah. Give I'd, me some I'd, neck. I'd agree with that. Have you ever? They took my guitars away. Now I got nothing to play. You're a Jersey guy. You like Springsteen? Love him. Ever meet him? Uh, no. Yeah, me either. I mean, the, the, Tom Cruise was a guy I met on SNL before Jerry Maguire. Really? And he okay. was just the coolest guy. He's just such a dude. Mm-hmm. Not gay. And just, he's just living his fucking life. He's living the shit out of life. I have to qualify that, by the way. Not gay, meaning that, you know, that's nothing to do with, like, you're saying that because there's rumors that he is. Yeah. Yeah. Why else would I say? Well, I'm just clarifying for the listener. You're, oh, you have a very different audience than mine. Well, my audience be like, yeah, he probably tried to get you into Scientology. No, nope. nope. he's one of the most influential people I've ever met in my life as far as, it's like playing for a college coach that helps you get your shit together. Right. Because you were shitty in high school and you got to correct habits. Well, the, the dude is all about the work. Yes. He is. He's great. My, my audition scene, when I fire him, I was in a very specific chair at a way of sitting. I always kind of look down at somebody, even if they're taller than me. It's just the way you tilt your head. Like, And the chair in the restaurant where the firing scene was was really low. And I just felt like a fucking jerk. I'm like, I came here to fire you, chair. I look like Edith Ann. It's not like Norm. <laughs> I look like that gal, Edith, Ann, Edith Ann in the chair, you know? The little character, that uh, Lily Tom. I don't know, I'm an old chunk of coal. And I go, this chair, after two takes, I go, this chair's shorter than the one I auditioned in. It's kind of weird. He goes, Cameron! And they switched the fucking chair out. He goes, don't ever underestimate what you need to do what you need to do. The best you can do it. Mm. It all matters. I'm yeah. like, all right. And where's my lunch? <laughs> <laughs> He's another one, It Factor. I, my second movie I ever did was Taps, and he, I played his brother. And he, You in Taps? <laughs> it's fucking beautiful, man! <laughs> You know that movie? Of course I know Taps. On the set. Corey of- just smashed you. She goes, who doesn't? Really? I didn't, think, I didn't think anybody knew Taps. You know what? They were talking about you it on changed. the set. They, they were talking about it on the set. I wonder set. why you're not in the band and They anymore. were going, this guy, who was completely undiscovered at the time, he's, they go, he's going to be a star. Yeah, looks they, like he swallowed Christmas they predicted lights. it then. He looks like he swallowed Christmas lights. 
Russell Brand, if he walks down the street, 40 people will be following him by the time he's half a block. He's just this weird, people just have this gravity. Some people have it. Yeah. What do you think it is? They're there. They're there. That's what They're it present. is? They're present. Tom Cruise is it's, uber present. I did the Tonight Show. Whenever there was a politician, they'd call me to be the second guest because they didn't know how it was going to go with the politician because it's divisive. Some, half the people in the audience hate that person. So Hillary Clinton, John McCain, Mitt Romney, um, George W. Bush, I was always the second act. Mm-hmm. Those motherfuckers are present. You want to know how somebody becomes president? They, Hillary Clinton, I have no political fucking shit to say about mm-hmm. anybody, so don't even get on me about it. If you think I'm a cuck, ask your wife because I'm about to be your bull. All right, sorry I had to get that out. People are so <laughs> reflexive, <laughs> including me. They're, they sure are. It's amazing. You know, they always say don't talk about politics and, re- politics and religion. That's right. because the people in charge of politics and religion don't want you to expose them. That's the reason they want you to believe that you shouldn't talk about politics and religion. But I always say, if you're so strong with your beliefs, then me saying something should never challenge your beliefs. Yeah. They're your beliefs. I want to learn about so your beliefs. If I, say something, if I say something about them, if I joke about it, if I challenge it, so what is, how does that affect you? Why are you so angry? My I want belief, to learn my why belief is because little- they don't really believe it. I want to know why, where you're coming from, because yeah. maybe I'm missing something. That's yeah. my take. That's exactly right. With atheists, right. with whatever. Um, and we're curious people as We're seekers. We're seekers. So like when I met Hillary Clinton, she shook my hand and said, nice to meet you. I was the only person on earth. There was a just different mm-hmm. well there. Mm. John McCain, Mitt Romney was mm. like 80 movie stars rolled into one. He was the coolest, classiest, hottest, handsomest, dashingest man I've ever met in my life. Mm. It was insane. And I remember his kids talking about him when he wasn't there. We're talking about him and I, in such beautiful ways. I thought, this guy's going to be like, they're going to change the Constitution so he can stay king. But he got his teeth kicked in. His parent, his ki- I'm in the next dressing room and I got my ear to the door like a creep. I want to hear what's happening in there. Maybe some political secrets. And he's in makeup, I find out later. And his kids are alone. And the one kid I just hear crystal clear go, I'm just afraid people will think it's an act and he's really not this great. That's what I heard a kid say about his dad. I'm, I'm interested in this, in the it factor. I think I want to add something to it. I haven't really given it thought, but as I'm thinking There's about two, it yeah. now, is it's presence, but presence as a result of the work. It's people that are really focused. Yeah, that's very fair to say. Becoming really, really great at what they do. And when you work that hard, there's not a bunch of loose ends to tie up that it's rattling around in your head in the future. They're dialed in. Yes, because they get what they need to get done, done. Exactly. Tom Cruise does not have a stack of scripts in his house he has to get to. Mm -hmm. The next one's going to be the one that he reads. Yeah. Hillary Clinton's desk is not messy, like mine and yours. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, they just, they get their shit done. So they're there to talk with you right there. And I also don't think, I think their focus is also so dialed in that they don't really care about what people think about them. Well, they can't. But also they're dialed in. It's almost subversive because they've been groomed through their conditioning that your vote is the most important vote. So there is, there is a, uh, if you identify the intention, the presence is there, it's inarguable. But there's also an intention. You mean metaphoric vote because they're, you're voting for, by seeing their movie. Right. I'm talking about anybody. You but know, every person you meet effect. in this yeah. town, in D.C. or anywhere, mm-hmm. is somebody that could vote for you. Mm-hmm. And if they vote for you, you're going to be president of the United States. So by the time you meet them at that level, 
all they know is is getting cards to flop the other way. Yeah, you know that's what right. that's the whole game until it's not a game. But that's the politics, and they really do care a little bit in that tiny fragment. Of speaking for both sides of the aisle, I don't know about now. It seems like we have fucking chimpanzees running the asylum. I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. Well, now let's take it to you because we've been talking about a lot of other people and even doing impressions of other people. And Macy how- Gray, by the way, in Training Day was excellent. Oh, she's training day. Yeah, she sings at Jeff's house all the time. That's why I brought her back up. Yeah, I right. put a pin in it because I remember in training day, Denzel hands her the Chinese restaurant. I forgot about that. He shows her a Chinese restaurant menu that was left on her door as the warrant, and as they start to look through the house, him and Ethan Hawke, she goes, "I want to see that warrant." Mm. And he's like, "Hold on, we're almost done. I want to see that warrant." Do you do impressions in your act? Yeah, not all the time. I should do a lot more of them. I'm aware now. You're probably similar to me that you do them if they accentuate the story, if they move a story along. You're not going to just go, here's Jack Nicholson with a yeast infection. Well, I wish I could do that. Um, I, I, I the, the impressions there. themselves are... <laughs> the impressions themselves are stories. Yeah. I only do an impression of somebody I've had an interaction with Correct. and it sideways. Yeah, that's the same. So if I do it... it it, it doesn't really, it doesn't connect to anything except another impression. Yeah. So, like the Pacino story, the Pacino story. I introduced my mom to Pacino at the Long Beach Convention Center. We were filming this movie, Simone. And I go, Mom, this is Al. My mom's a Jersey woman, man, straight up. Yeah. Jeannie Moore. Look at Corey's nodding. And he goes, Jeannie Moore, I heard so much about you. And she goes, Hi, you have such faggy hands. She did not say that. Yes, she did. And he goes, I got faggy hands. Well. <laughs> Your son doesn't mind when they're around my dick or on the back of my head. <laughs> Did you know your son's homosexual? <laughs> Did you know that? And then my mom goes, oh, I've known that for years. I'm like, and then they are just best friends. Oh, when I did an impression of Pacino around Pacino, he goes, I don't sound like that. I go, that's my Seinfeld. I was making a joke. Mm-hmm. And then he really thought I was doing Seinfeld. So we're at Video Village. A couple days later, he goes, Somebody complimented me on my walking impression and Forrest Whitaker. It was a weird one. And he goes, have you ever heard of Seinfeld? Do some of your Seinfeld. <laughs> I go, okay. When is lunch? And they're like, ah, like everyone knows exactly that I'm doing him. Nobody asked why he said that was Seinfeld. They thought he was just making yeah. a great joke. It was very surreal. Do you find that, do you find that people are almost afraid of you because you're a comedian. You know, celebrities. Yes. Like, you can't get too close to them, especially those dialed-in ones, because I always have the feeling that others know that we're on to them. Like, no one else. Because we are. I know. But, and no, I, I don't think, get the fear and I think from celebrities. They, I, think, I, I get it from civilians, and but I wanted to put an addendum on that. I'm a, you're a psychic. I'm an intuitive life coach. Coach JJ37 at gmail.com if you need help and you want to get unstuck and there's a reason you're listening to this. It's Kismet. You're an intuitive also. You know it. That's you why it's called Can I Help You? Yeah. Same thing. Yours, not mine. Life about mine, though. Sometimes things are about the other person too, Craig. <laughs> um, Coach JJ37 at gmail.com. I wish I said that to him when I was on his podcast as he was interrupting me every five seconds. But okay, go ahead. We have different memories of that podcast. <laughs> it was perfect. It was great. You told great stories. <laughs> Corey will tell you that's the least I interrupted in a long time. <laughs> so, so yeah, I have a feeling. I forgot what I was just going to tell that, you. That, well, we can get back to it. Oh, everyone in the world runs on fear. Yes, 
That's the absolute number one. The root of everything. It's not, yeah, well, most people, no, no, no. Every argument, every settling, every time you've settled for a home, a girl, a guy, any, where you park, it's just a series of concessions for fear of something. Mm-hmm. So I do see fear, but not from celebrities because of who I am and I'm on to them. But I people, relation, I was single for the first time in 20 years a while back. And mm-hmm. it's just every you know, third date, you just see the, you know, that Bruce Smirnoff joke. You ever see a Jack in the Box? That's when I meet him. That's when I meet him. That joke I'm angry I didn't write. I'm angry about it. It's funny you should say that he's mentioned that before. I think even about you that people are jealous of that one. That is one of those great jokes that he's had that joke for a very long time. But no, back to you. Okay. And we're not going to deflect anymore. I'm not deflecting. I'm asking if somebody, if they get, if you find that celebrities, first of all, I find that celebrities are very difficult to know. Do you so have, it's really about do you, have you friends? Do you because have friends? I already, it's really about you because I already answered the question. Do you have friends? And you reset it to get your point. From, do you, no. Do you have friends from your past that you grew up with? One. One? Yeah. Okay. You don't strike me as that. I, you strike me as a, a neighborhood guy. You grew up in Jersey. I am a neighborhood guy, but we're alone for a reason. We do what other people don't do. There's nobody we can share our experiences with except other guys like us. Yeah. I remember complaining about Saturday Night Live once to my roommate. And my roommate, after an hour, goes, well, I never got an audition. So I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm kind of living a dream here, right? So, so, you, so you, don't, you don't have your old buddies that kind of keep you in line? No. No. I got her for that. Yeah. Corey. She does? I'm surrounded by does women. Does she challenge you? She has to. Otherwise, we Just so we... people know, the Corey's here and she is... Corey's the, my producer. We did producer. Uh, Last Comic Standing Together. We did more sports on ESPN, more stories of radio, more stories of the podcast, obviously. Mm-hmm. Jay Moore Sports on ESPN. We, we, put a, we just did a documentary about the lead singer of the punk band Bad Brains um, called Finding Joseph. So she's my right hand. Yeah. And, and she will literally stop you and say, hey... Check uh, check this at the door. You it know. takes long. I'm glad you're asking this because she's here. Yeah. It takes longer than I wish, but she will, yeah. Yeah. So you you enjoy it. Otherwise, you're, you're a maniac in this life if somebody doesn't check you. You need checks and balances. No, I, I agree. But like, I got AA sponsors that'll be like, you really want to send that letter, bro? Mm-hmm. You know. How many times have you written a letter that you just wish you did not press enter? Uh, to my own son, twice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, and you just, you just, why in the world did you just... I know exactly why I sent it, button. and it wasn't that big of a deal, but it yeah. turned into yeah. the Jews versus the Palestinians. Yeah. It was nonsense. And so you've had difficulties in your uh, divorce that uh, we both share. Mm-hmm. Uh, really tough challenges. It's insane. Yeah. Nobody gets married to get divorced. It's heartbreaking. And nobody ever takes into account your yeah, hurt. Nobody hard. that you know ever goes, well, not you specifically, yeah. but guys, nobody goes, he must have a broken heart. Yeah. Well, it's like, are you getting chicks now? Well, if you're from Jersey and Philly like we are, especially, you, well, you can kind of double it when you're from there. You don't talk about your vulnerability right, right. where we're from. But especially, but dudes in general, that's that's true. But you would say, what would you say the scale is from versus 
the insanity that I believe that you dealt with. I went insane. I went to a mental hospital twice to ask for a bed. I went absolutely. Versus the broken heart, or was it a combination? The s- insanity is the confusion about the broken heart and why is it happening. Yeah. And I've learned, the biggest lesson I've learned in life and that I can help other people with is you're never going to get a why. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a why, you're in reverse. You're especially never. If the, especially if the why is from someone else. Of course, yeah. yeah. Or why they're behaving a certain way. You're not going to get an yeah. answer. It's never going to be logical. They're reasonable. not acting the way you think they're acting. No. They have their own story and narrative. Yeah. They're the star of their movie. You're a co-star in every... All those other people are extras. Yeah. And they see things the way they see things. It's like a guy in Japan sees the sun go down. At the same time, a guy in Malibu sees the sun come up. At the same time, a guy in space on a spacewalk knows there's no sun in the sky where he is. Mm-hmm. All three guys are right. So no. what fascinates me now... more. I'm going to die with the ache in my heart. Like, that's not going anywhere. And the confusion. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Of, course, yeah. Why, of course. Well, no, no, not of course, because I do not have an ache in my heart. Well, I had a first wife. I have no ache. I have, I have, I have, uh, I have uh, hurt on a daily basis based on I have to put that in the actions. show. You make a note. Thank you. <laughs> based on actions of... To me, insanity, because it's, it's, oh, here it is again. I have sleepless nights. Here comes an attack, like a terrorist almost. So if you're getting attacked, it's very difficult to, to manage that for me. But you don't have that? It um, is difficult. In, in the war Sorry. that goes on, if you know, they say a woman's scorned and all that. The but, war's over. But, but, and I have no, I can't tell. So not telling you that you're a bad parent. She's not doing the. Well, I blocked you know, her gonna, on everything. Gonna, Huh? I blocked her email, her phone number. I speak with the person she lives with oh. for custody stuff, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, so you don't... Wow. Because the way it made me react, once I... This is an alcoholic AA thing. Once I react, nobody's going to remember what the problem was. I know. I react in a way where people go, jeez, bro, you have to get your shit together. It's like, no, and whatever explanation and I you have... You look like the bad guy. Well, you are the bad guy because you act like a fool and you're acting out of control. That's what Yeah, Corey but they're a me. bad person first, wouldn't you say? But the person but you're being bad... About the person you're being first. bad in front of isn't that person. That's, that's true, yeah. My and friend Kelly said to me, you know, you spend more time explaining what happened than what happened. Yeah. That, that shook me. That moved my molecules around. And I realized I'm a lousy victim, man. So the war is pretty much over and I'm sure positive i'm shit talked 24 whenever there's no you know i just know it yeah um there's nothing i can do about it. i can't change that and you can't change you can't change um my 16 year old son asked me when i was going to come clean about abuse and i just went uh come again what he said to you about your abuse alleged abuse to him yeah Hey, when are you going to clean it up, he said? When are you going to come clean? And just when are we going to have that conversation? He asked you that. Yeah. And you believe that she probably influenced him in saying that? As opposed to what? As opposed to him coming up with it on his own. As opposed to me or me abusing him. Yeah. No, I mean him coming the, up uh, on his own for, versus was he influenced by her to say that? To of you? course. No kid comes up on that on her own. You have to create a fake. You have to create make believe and sell it. And 16-year-olds aren't equipped to sell They're not. make-believe. Yeah, I'm going through it right now. You can tell when they're lying all the time. Boys touch their belt loop or their shirt when they're lying. Little boys. Like, okay, what happened was mm-hmm. they start fiddling with their belt yeah. loop. Because <laughs> we know, because we're honest enough to say that we were that. Yes. And all, being intuitive, right. you just you pick up people's tells. Exactly, yeah. Like, we know when our dog's happy and other people don't know because we just know how the, mm-hmm. when her legs are straight out, that means she's real happy. Yeah. It is... 
one of the most difficult things for me in my life, you know, the old powerless thing. I'm so powerless over it. But when I write the emails, and I, they, it could be written to an attorney or a judge or whatever it is, it's, it's longer than a book. Yeah. My texts are like that, this, too. Because it's over-explaining, and I end up looking like... What is that about us? Because it makes sense. That's why I'm talking to you. I, We're sharing I, so, data. So if people were going to listen to uh, more stories... I'm on there, and we're getting to know we're getting to know one another, and yeah, we we're go, twins. We, yeah, and we're finding out all these commonalities, and that's one of them. Is you know why is it that there needs to be this over explanation of things? Why is it it's a, a defensiveness? I have a you know theory that I did on my life. Yeah, my, my podcast. I do solo life coach episodes sometimes that are shorter and hit more to the quick and quickly, and that's. We need a witness. So yeah. we collect as many witnesses as possible. So mm-hmm. by over-explaining, we ensure that whoever we're over-explaining it to has a really good map to know that we're not lying because that's of utmost importance to people like you and I that other people know Integrity. that we're telling the truth. Yeah. And if somebody doesn't think we're telling the truth, we will obsess over that and look more like liars trying to explain it, mm-hmm. over-explain it. They're like, all right, right. whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not whatever. Yeah. This is what happened. Yeah. And I have spatial relation memory like OCD, like if you and I got into a crazy ass fight and we have a disagreement about how it went, I could tell you like, no, I was in the chair next to the couch. I don't know why I was slouching, but my butt was too far forward in the yeah. chair. You had your left leg over your right leg, your left arm and hand on your left knee. And that makes people insane. Well, we have an emotional attachment to things, which causes our memory to be very, become very acute. Yes. I can tell you like what happened in high school when somebody did something to me and I could tell you the aroma that was in the air, the locker number that I was next to that I got stuffed into, you know, all those things are memories because they're so attached to our emotions, which that's probably what makes us comics and creative people. At the same time, it's a double edged sword. It can also hurt us. We're super sensitive. Yes. We can become very sensitive and, we're all supposed to have the answers. Now, here's another question I have. Can I just say something real yeah, quick? Yeah, sure. What fascinates me is that other people don't have an emotional attachment to yeah, interactions. I know. There's no other interaction for me. Yeah. Like, I used to go see escorts a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a problem. Mm-hmm. And I would make a connection. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I had, I had erectile dysfunction at the time. I couldn't do anything. Mm. And because I was effed up in my head from the marriage. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, some people would call it a very specific kind of marriage that begins with an A and ends at an IV with a V in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'd make a, I w- I'd make a connection. I would go see an escort. I'm Not like you. a guy leaving a strip club going, I think that one liked me. No, she did like me. <laughs> yeah, I know she liked yeah. me because I read people for a living. Right. So it's, You're I, also I, fulfilling her needs because you are I'm the sensitive money. person. No, not that. Now, the escort? Were you, just, were you just throwing that, you tossing that as a, and as a side comic aside? No. No, I'm truly saying... I went to go see escorts. No, I'm truly saying that, yeah. that she is connecting with you because you are yeah. giving her something oh, different yeah, yeah, yeah. You're from right. everyone else. Yes, in addition because to the first thing she needs on a superficial yeah, level. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, there's that. But yeah. you, yes. I can pretty I see them. I know no one's seeing... seeing them yeah. is the key. Right. That's all any of us By want the way, is to be identified. I'll give you a secret to my marriage. My my wife, I'm in love with her every single second of every single day. Well, so am I. I mean, every single second am I not out of love with her, even if I'm angry with her, even if I disagree with her, still love her. And the reason is she sees me for who I truly am, not what she dictates me to be. 
Yeah. She sees the true me. I she have sees no, the little kid. I have no reason to defend. She sees the little kid. There's no reason to write long emails. Do you agree her. with that? Yeah. She sees She's this, seen the hurt. She sees this innocent child. Yeah. You know, that had abuse. That's what I got now. That had abuse and it had to deal with that abuse in certain ways and had a certain skin that was developed and yeah. skills that were developed. That, to, you know, Personalities for different houses. Yeah. Now, here's the question I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. Different places we lived, had to, to, to acclimate. I see that. Chameleon. You know, I'm a high school wrestling coach at Palisades High. Mm-hmm. I was at Beverly Hills High, Crespi, High School, Santa Ana High School. I see it with kids now because kids now, there's a very good chance they're from divorce. When we were growing up, it's like his parents are divorced. Mark's parents are divorced. Oh, yeah. What's going on down there? His mom might be a real who. Mm. Let's go look in the windows. We were creeps. But now every kid is a good shot. And if you ask them any question, they say, What? They've heard. And you, being with them every single day for about three weeks, I'll repeat myself, repeat myself. And now I go, uh, Something, something, something. And the kid will go, What? I go, You, you heard what I said. Mm-hmm. And then the kid will answer my question. Mm-hmm. Like, How old are you? What? How old are you? And boys especially. How old are you? What? How old are you? How old, are, how old am I? How old are you? Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's like, you know how old the you are. The default button is what? Is what you're saying. They're feathering That's the their, nest to make... Yes. Right. And they fe- it's feathering the nest a split second to make sure they're in the right house for the right personality. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm a complete mm-hmm. interloper in their life and I see them two hours every day yeah. and they only know me as Coach J. Here's the similarity I've been trying to get to I, that I want to ask you. Do you have in your heart, in your you know, somewhat broken heart at times, do you have something that you wish for loyalty? And I don't mean loyalty in an ego way. I mean loyal loyalty where you don't have to explain that they're there, they have your back. If you're in these difficult situations, you've got this person that's loyal and... Do you have any of that that goes on in your in your uh, feeling space that you go, man? I just I wish somebody would just because I don't know about you. Probably you're an alpha dog, and sometimes you would like you know some support. But yeah. being an alpha dog, people think you don't need support. Would you agree with that? You're hilarious. Yes, because I just today had a life coaching client, and I told him, look, man, no one pulls the lead dog off the sled to tell him good job. Yeah. They say that to the dogs in the middle, so they don't feel bad about not being up top. True. And they no assume, one says to Ken Griffey Jr., yeah. by the way, I love your work ethic, kid. Yeah. Maybe they say it when he was because a kid. Because they assume right. that you're, yeah, that you're it's okay. It's amazing you just you said You don't need to hear it. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I wanted to get to that, that, that question. I remember one time um, I was really sick, and my family was away. I was alone in the house. And these two comedians that I had helped and helped and helped. I'm sure you've had this happen, too. And I, I risked. For once in my life, I risked, and I said, would you guys mind, you know, like that, would you mind coming over and bringing me soup? I'm deathly ill. I have nothing in the house. And uh, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't do it. What? No, no, wouldn't do it. And I finally confronted the one guy. I had the guts to confront him, because I really wanted to know why are people Later not there. Yeah, why okay. are people not there for me? And they said, he said to me, because you seem like you don't need anything. Yeah, I just told you I need soup. Right. But they assume that you do not need. And so the relationship is based on them needing you and you fulfill their needs. But you can't ask for or expect it in return because they think because you can fulfill their needs that you have no needs. 
Well, I, that might be an assumption, see, but see the paradigm or the paradox that goes. That on. might be an, an assumption that they don't need your needs. That they don't. Whatever you just said, they think whatever they think is an assumption. They I don't. Think, I don't know what they think. I well, I've kind of done. Well, that's kind of what. And I'm I've been discussing. burned by. I don't know. I got six dozen ex friends that were opening acts that I rolled oh, out God, red carpets for. There's another thing we have in common. Gee, I can't even stand this. Like, what I, the I, fuck I'm is going on here? I'm going to end our friendship right here. Let's get married. It's, it's just getting. It's just getting started because I don't really know Why you. Why do we have to end it? But, but we just it's just it's just too much. We could just get married. It's just platonic. Too, it's gay guys. like looking into a funhouse mirror at this point. Uh, do I make you fat or thin? <laughs> That fat might. I make you big like, and short. Definitely, fat. my hair is thinning now. My mind's gone. Yeah, it's the not thing is, it's leaving. The again, I, earlier I said expectation hangover, and I think it plays to our personalities. I'm an addict. I'm not going to speak for you. I'm like speak about your personality, but for me as an addict, you just said something like, "Why can't people be there for me?" Yeah, and I heard it like, "Whoa, easy, bro." What? As an AA guy. I was like, "Whoa, there's okay. a lot, like, there's a lot of people there for you, as you know." Good point. Like, I'm here right now. I'm I'm a one spoke in a a lot of wheels, but I know exactly what you're saying. You do, yeah. And I realize when you said it, that's how I sound. That's why it stuck out to me mm-hmm. in real time. I went, I say that all the time, and I that's that's like. Giving with well, yeah, I like to give with conditions. But don't you think that people do assume that we've got it together? That they well, don't need to, they don't need them to do, make yes. an outreach call. How I are you say, doing? I don't have to assume. I'm concerned with, about you with certainty. Some people absolutely feel that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the thing is, I like to give with conditions. If I send you a nice thank you card and I don't hear back from you, of like, hey, I got your card. I'm like, what's wrong with what's with this guy? Mm-hmm. He can't like, but that's not why you do something nice for somebody. Yeah, it's fun. So that's for, why I love for free, and it's it's still difficult to, for me to do. Is and it's not a scorecard, but maybe it is. I'm just talking out loud. No, here. it is. Yeah, of course. We it have is. we have a number. I of people did this. That we helped. When is this going to happen? Because of this. Well, it's not. This is going to happen. There's nothing specific, but there is some sort of build of a loyalty for one another. Yeah. When it just is one way. Why aren't they there for it's, me? It's the, why aren't they there? The like just the one time I need soup. I'm the one time I'm asking, it's like the victim thing, but it's the one time I'm asking, you can't bring me soup. Yeah. And you can't go out of your way because I went out of your way countless times. I've got you in clubs that you've and we never sound, They must never think we're maniacs. When about. we say, talk that back to them, we, to them we probably sound like maniacs. Egomaniacs, yeah. And we sound more like somebody that doesn't need soup. Yeah. But the fact is, the entire conversation is about, I really needed soup. I needed you to be there for me yeah. Yeah. and hear me. The truth sentence, which was, could one of you get me soup because I really need it? I'm sick. But shared with the broken heart statement is also asking for something that you need. That's Stadium. another one. That's in the same category as, I think, of the, you know, the guys can't talk about, I have a broken heart. You also can't say, I've got needs that I would like fulfilled. I have. That's the only way I know how to talk. So I I'm let down a lot. I don't know how to say it because I then go to the other side, the Philly guy. I have the Philly battle. Well, it's also the on. protective skin is, is that the, you were talking about earlier. Exactly. It keeps you from doing that. Exactly. You can't look like you're needy. Otherwise, well, he's wounded. Need, get him. The word needy. He's wounded. Get him. The word him. needy. I right. hate the word needy. You think that needy, that needy, oh my God, I, I hate it. And yet I have it, but won't express it. I was saved, my life was saved by coaching wrestling because two hours every day, those kids can't give me anything back. And I don't spend, as Corey will tell you, I don't spend as much time on 
anything in my life, not stand-up comedy by a mile, no way, mm-hmm. as much time as I spend looking at film of wrestlers, mm-hmm. making adjustments, coming up with a syllabus for the next day's practice when I'm running practice, yeah. making a connection with a kid. They can't give me anything back except feeling good about themselves. So wrestling is the only time I'm selfless. Mm-hmm. So I, I got... Well, the one way you get back with your coach, I've found this, is if you see that someone heard you, listened to you, heeded your call, you watch them do a move that you taught them, there's so much yeah. gratification in that. It really, right. But it's, not, it's a good kind of gratification. Yeah. It's not something you're going to get a reward for. There's no speech for you. But that's a wonderful feeling. I totally understand what you're, uh, what you're talking about. There's a U2 lyric in the song, Iris, that just hit me between the eyes when I was going through my <clears throat> when I was going through my divorce this ache in my heart is so much a part of who I am and I went yeah because I've been telling people for years like no you're going to die with those feelings they're mm-hmm. yours yeah you can't run them you can go to all the boxing classes you want when you get home you're going to be depressed you're boxing to remind yourself subconsciously about depression why don't you go boxing with your depression mm-hmm. then it's not a distraction from it you know yeah. It, yeah do you have anything from your past and I, I know you're a guy that does, the, you do the discovery work. I know that about you. That, otherwise, you couldn't do life coaching. You can't share what you don't have. Although some people do, the charlatans do. You know, do you have something from your past that you have worked through, like a, you know, like a, a biggie? You know, some yeah, of well, the, the divorce was like the biggest thing. I'm talking about more than childhood. abuse. Yeah, more than like abuse. Divorce, I chose that life. Mm-hmm. And it was going exactly the As way I wanted. As a repeat from your from your childhood, you were repeating. No, that's the thing I've had from your childhood. No, and that's what you. Okay, the thing I had to work through was being divorced, going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. Because when you get married, it's inconceivable mm-hmm. that you're going to get divorced. That's why you marry somebody. Sure. So when that person, this is not me or anybody. I'm not speaking for her. I'm not speaking about me. I'm just hypothetically. Mm-hmm. When one of those people stop showing up. Yeah, and you bring it to their attention, and they go, "What are you talking about? I'll talk about it whenever you want." Well, that's because you did this. Because you, okay, and it just keeps going on and on and on. You're like, "This is fucking crazy, down." Mm-hmm. I'm cursing a lot on your podcast. Sorry, that was. Oh no, it doesn't matter. That left me. I wrote a poetry book. That's how fucked up I was. I thought that was a good idea. Uh-huh. I mean, it was. It's sure good. it is. I'm it's, proud of it. But yeah, I I went to a mental hospital twice. You got to do what you got to do. And I, I didn't know what reality was. I really want you to, I really want to know though. Yeah. Is there something from your childhood? Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. That's what I, that's what I, I'm, is uh, there something from your childhood trauma that informed possibly the, the heartbreak of divorce that informed something of today that you're working on and still discovering and still, uh, not divorce. I would. I would have no, to. Ex- from childhood, like, did anything happen in your know, childhood? Yeah, yeah. Either on a regular basis, or some incidents that have happened in your childhood that that, that made you into whatever you are today. That every, all of it. Well, the, I'm talking about trauma. Was there any trauma that you can look back and go, "That was a big one. That was a that that's that's a a game changer." I, I do mean all of them. I'm not being flippant. They are, it's called trauma. Yeah. I'm not being condescending. Like it's, if I file it under trauma, it's because it changed my molecules in a way I'm not comfortable with. And which, I want to change. But which are the, the bigger, you know, like the, the big ones? Did you have any big ones? 
Sexual abuse? Um, any, physical, of the, any of the above. No, I'm saying all of them, yeah. Physical, emotional abuse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. More on a regular basis than, than, than incidents? Mm, no. Incidents, but it's abuse. You know, like... like uh, Could you ask me the question again as concisely as possible? Okay, I think we go. it's a little bit of a sprawling question. Okay. I'm sorry, brother. When you are... I miss childhood. I feel foolish. When you are looking back... Let's say you're in a therapy session, you're doing an inventory as, as you would do with 12 steps, and you make a list of things, obviously, that you resent, but there's incidents. You know, you've got your, you've got your, you've got your, you know, in any movie, any play, any book, there's a climax. Is there a climactic point of trauma you can think of that it was almost like the end it was almost like oh my this is it for me no 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 my trauma happened as an adult wow so the so childhood I was incredibly didn't... ill prepared for it including Maybe, depression could it be because you didn't have that in your in your childhood i feel like a therapist no i told you i did have it i had all of it in my childhood i said like i had it, trauma in my childhood it was, I had it was a consistent trauma no you can't you can't how do you, pick, how do you, you frame this in a way i can only have the answer you're looking for here <laughs> no i'm 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 looking for you know the biggies the the one you were thrown no. off a bridge you no, were, there isn't a one thing okay. I, yeah. it was a consistent no there was no consistent thing that kept happening to me as a kid there were incidents i i, I said there was incidents that happened to me that were traumatic mm-hmm. and sins against just human nature mm-hmm but nothing, I didn't live in a house where I was always beaten by my dad. My dad never beat, spanked me, but he didn't do anything like that. Mm-hmm. My mom was a, my mom, well, you know what? You're right. I apologize. Be- I wasn't being evasive. It didn't dawn on me that something amorphous like my mom's alcoholism could be that constant thing. Mm. And she got sober when I was 10. Mm-hmm. So she was not around. And when she was around, she was really embarrassing because like she'd fall down the stairs answering the door for my friends and stuff and they'd laugh about it. Wow. And then my dad was just focused on that, as I have been in my life mm. with a wife. And therefore, he was not particularly all in. He was present, but he's dealing with that. I'm not criticizing him at all. Like, I get it. Got it, yeah. So I have a... Uh, that was his coping. A primal fear of being alone mm. that came true. Mm-hmm. And when it came true, I started getting really awful about myself, my self-talk was negative and i my i was always like you said the alpha and i just knew everything was cooking everything was fine everything is always by the way everything is always fine everything's okay for everybody listening like it's gonna be okay here you are all the things that used to happen to you and you were like how am i gonna get through it you got through it but yeah i look back at some of those biggies and i go oh my god the weight that i put on that and then it's it, it and it's meaningless now so if there's anything that's helped me Interesting. is is to is to look back at some of the I kept journals. I've kept journals for years. Asperger's, yeah. <laughs> is that part of my Asperger's? I don't know. But and see I didn't care if, if I look back at I had I had um I'm trying to think. I had an incident with Jay Leno. Did he touch you? <laughs> Point to the doll you know, where Jay Leno a, he touched was a priest you. At one time. I don't know if you knew that. What? 
No, that's a joke. <laughs> no, because you know the coolest things about everybody. You told me a story about Brian Johnson singing at your wedding, and you got him to sing at somebody else's wedding. Then you were at a place where Mick Jagger and Ronnie Wood are being asked by Tom Jones. So Jones. now Jay Leno's a priest. So, I mean, uh, I, can, I don't know. I, I think you're going to have to do some Hail, Hail Marys. Oh, my Fuck. God, that's good. So, um, did you guys read this? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I'm, you're going to say it anyway, so why are you asking us? So, anyway, I, I, I had an incident with him, and, and, a, and a rumor spread. And I put so much weight on it that I thought it destroyed my my career at the what time. What was the rumor? Um, the AIDS thing? No, it was... Did I have a rumor that I had AIDS? Typing Craig Shoemaker on the internet, and the first thing that comes up is Craig Shoemaker has AIDS. <laughs> well, can we stop the podcast? For no, I just made all that up. I just made it I all up. I know that you did, I, and I made up the part. But we can the, get all your listeners to make the, that a thing <laughs> so, by just typing that in. Uh, it's a long story, but years ago, it was the 80s, and I did a joke about Tic Tacs. I said, they have diet Tic Tacs. I said, they have a problem, <laughs> well, problem with regular Tic Tacs. Oh, I'm stuffed. And da, 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 da. Anyway, so um, there's an article in Philadelphia in a newspaper, and it said, if, uh, Jay Leno says, if you can't see his act, see Craig Shoemaker, because it's the same thing. I've been through that also. So, Not with Jay Leno, uh, you know, accusing me of stealing a joke. He answered the phone, which shocked me. I called him in a hotel in New Jersey. He was playing a casino. I said, hey, and I talked to him for a while. I'm at the Lincoln. Um, yeah, so uh, Lincoln, I'm well, it's not Jersey. like uh, Marty Cohen. Well, I find him to be a real thief. You know, he took my time. You know, so, so we're going on and on. I remember the conversation, <laughs> which I couldn't believe that he was talking to me because he was so famous. And No, that's, uh, the, that's how you water the plant. He, that's the thing with him. He said... So at the very end, I said, by the way, I dropped the Tic Tac joke. He goes, what Tic Tac joke? Well, what was the con- hold on. What was the conversation about then? The conversation was all about, hey, I read in the paper that you said I'd steal your... So right. It, you know, he went on a monologue about people who steal. I remember him talking about Marty Cohen, who was a big thief. He's going, so, you know, sometimes there's parallel development. He's doing his whole... You know, he's one of these guys that pontificates. So he really didn't remember you stealing He's trying to... T- so someone had told him that I stole a joke. And right. so he repeats it in the paper because he's very catty. And then he forgot about it. He's very catty. No, he did not forget about it. Oh, no. Him you forget did, something? No. What that's not Jay joke you just said? So I'm saying that I thought all along the joke he was talking about was gotcha. this tic-tac that someone had told me, oh, that's Jay Leno's joke. And I go, no, I wrote it. Right. But he t- never did a tic-tac joke is what I'm saying. So the whole conversation always blows up. So I'm thinking it's over. That rumor then became like the gerbil rumors for, you know, the, you know it becomes this mythological, you know, thing that has a life. For Matt Damon, he had a gerbil. So, uh, so, so was it him? So, um, so then I would hear rumors about um, Jay Leno uh, said it on The Tonight Show. Jay Leno said, uh, sent a limo for me in, in Vegas. And then he said, go home, you prick thief and all this kind of stuff. This is what people who would. Who tells you these things? It would come back and back and back to me for years. This stuff. That's what with bugs me. me about situations like that. Not the guy as much, but the comfort with which somebody's bringing it to me. Well, it's comics. I don't, you hang out with comics. That's one difference you and I have. I do not hang out with comics. I don't hang out with any comics. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I thought you did. No. So. Okay, another well, well, This is my hangout time. I'm with you. You're a comic, so well, yeah. We I'm, both are hanging out with comics. I'm saying that, you know, I you. when they all get together. No, I'm, and, not, you know, I'm never in that club. have that time. So I became that guy. I want to do uncab. So I'd be, right. <laughs> I've never been in the doors. Yeah, it's, it's so I became that guy that got associated. So I had it in my journal. If I don't take care of this Jay Leno situation, 
that I'm done. And I, but I put so much meaning into it. Now I look back at it. He doesn't have that power. I don't think you were me. wrong, though. I think it's a different direction. The prism should, I think at the time is, I'm done. Me. Because it, it was exhausting you. Oh, yeah. So, like, you had to put a cap on so this. So much headspace. Yeah. More than your, like, I don't know if we all, any of us really believe somebody can, like, stop our careers. We've seen too much. I know this is a while ago. We've seen too many, you know, rebirth stories and stuff, but... Oh, it was it was killing much more incidents than right. a tic tac. But I joke. think it was like it I'll be done because I can't take it anymore. Like that's a oh, weird thing. That's what I've felt. been accused of stealing. Oh yeah. But specific. And it's just like if you see one of my shows, it's impossible. Well, for me, I used to. Oh. And that stuck. Well, I did twice and I wrote about them, I put them in a book. And so that gets used against me, like, see? I'm yeah. like, no, I thought by admitting it, it was kind of cool. Well, I just wanted I, but validation then, but, by But then probably what happened for you, because it sounds like your act is similar, which as Joe headliner, Rogan as, told a friend of mine that I was stealing from him on his podcast, and my friend didn't say, no, he's not. Oh, boy. And then, to, that was 10 years ago, I still will get tweets, like, if I do a joke, someone will yeah. go, whose is that? Right. And I know exactly where they came from. Yeah. I know where they heard it. It's it's a tough one, and and, and the nah, problem is it was and, but it, for me. It is because comics it, are oh, vicious. It's affected my livelihood. They're they're vicious, and it can affect your. It livelihood. It has absolutely affected my absolutely. livelihood. Absolutely, there is a small percentage of comedy fans that are just know that I steal, and I don't. Well, what happened for you, and I think happened. I know it happened for me, and I think it happened for you. I'll reverse that. Is I think that it happened for you. Is I that's when I said. I'm only going to talk about my personal stories, right. and no one can accuse me of stealing. I realized they about can't. six years ago, everything I'm going to say on stage that I'm writing has six. already happened to me or will happen to me. Six years ago. And so to sit down and write a joke is not truthful as a construct. Like, hey, did you guys see Turner and Hooch? Because I saw it in my hotel room. If I do it the next town, it's not true anymore. Mm-hmm. Anything in the newspaper, anything current events, it's gone. Yeah. So I just went... I was just started to tell a lot of stories about myself on stage, and I realized, oh, I don't really have to write ever again unless it's a script. Yeah. Because I just tell stories that happen to me, and they're endless. Exactly. Yeah. And that was the difference maker for me. me that changed my ca- life. They cannot challenge you on it. I became the best. Yeah. I Same could here. ever be. I could never. I'm. I'm right. Anybody. Get them. Right. Get two of them. I'll fucking demolish them. Yeah. Like that. You're a monster. You get it. I do, I do. Yeah, that's it. You know, Ralphie May used to go, I'll bury that motherfucker at his own family reunion in front of the potato salad, Jay Morris. (laughs) In front of the potato salad. How do you feel when you say you're a monster or you kill? I mean, do you you have a little part of you, like I have a little part of me that goes, "Uh, you got to stay humble. You can't Just analytics. Look at the ticket. I mean, it's just analytics. LeBron James shoots this percentage from this spot on the floor. I'm saying it with that level of just that. Well, let me ask you, Jay. Is there a part of you that does a little bit of a battle on saying that? Like, I I have, like, I get more standing ovations than... You know than most people, and I check that out, right? So it's me, a big deal, even, by the way, because me, white guys don't get standing ovations. I get them here and there, and I'm like, I'm aware it's like not normal, but for you, it's actually normal. It is right. So I know that I'm at the top of my game. You are, yeah, right. But me just saying both of those statements is really hard for me to say. Well, you're not so saying to somebody's you, mom that you meet in Starbucks, huh? 
you're not saying it like, and this is my mom, Cheryl. She's visiting from Ohio. Cheryl, I am one of the best that I've ever lived. Like, you're not saying it to people like that. You're just saying it in context to me. You know what I mean? Like, you're not sharing well, that. No matter who I'm saying it to, I would say, when you're saying it. Like, when you say it to me, you feel When you way? say something about yourself, mm-hmm. I have so much shame from the past and so much voice in me that says, be humble and, you know, get that, you know, you know kind of knock the chip off of you or whatever it is. Whatever, you know, there's so many voices that are sometimes prevalent. Does that happen for you? Where, where in social where, situations, it's a where constant. you say, "Oh man, that was a brag," and in then so- you watch a president who literally brags all the time. And I'm not saying this. I don't want to get into politics. No, I'm going to people you. get all upset. I I do it all the time in social interactions. You do brag about yourself. No, the feeling of what am I doing? Not necessarily about a brag. But if I speak about myself or if I'm talking to anybody today, all day, it's, what the fuck? They don't care. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's constant and it's new. Mm-hmm. It's like divorce years old. Really? Because I never had doubt. I still don't have doubt except for I have horrible doubt. When I don't know how to read me anymore. Mm. And Miles Davis said, eventually you just learn to read yourself and you go by that. Mm-hmm. I always could read myself and then I just became adrift and I don't. I'm not sure how to read myself. On stage, I can read myself perfectly because I'm present. I'm entirely there. So the, sh- the podcast is called Can I Help You? How long have we been on? An hour and 12 minutes. Oh, my God. But I'm thinking this is a good way to wrap it up. So here's yeah, I'll come I, back here, Here's how I like to wrap it up. You'll have me. You didn't answer that, so that's kind of weird. I'm answering it in a different way is the way I was going to... Instead of yes or no. No, this is going to be a... You're going to hear the Yes. Hey, Craig. I am going. I love to, you. Dude. I'm going to propose to you that we become better friends because we're a reflection of one another. Yeah. And all the things that we've talked about in both podcasts, which I recommend you go listen to Jay's with me as a guest. It's a free app too, if you don't want to do Apple stuff. More stories out. So, Thank my you. suggestion is that we become some of the things that we discussed that are kind of missing. Loyal, loyal support system a love system a place you can talk about heartache and be okay heartbreak and be okay i got you bro i see what you're doing i dig it yeah that's that so that's the you're quite a writer my friend it's beautiful i dig it yes yes so our year and a half delay of pushing it off (laughs) of doing a podcast together i don't really know you there was an instinct that told me that i should the signal and the noise yeah yeah, that's an intuitive. And, that's an intuitive and, thing. And, and I knew it. So now what I'm saying is, let's not run from that. Let's embrace it. It's the only way to go. And yeah. stay connected. Is Definitely. you know, you'll. I might not talk to you for a year, but we'll have that connection. No, that with. won't happen. But I know what you mean. But you know, but, I, but I'm saying I accept that entirely. And you it's put a, a stamp on it, and just know that it's there. I'm usually the guy saying that, and the other person's going, geez, I mean, we're going to be friends. But yes, that's freaking, what I'm usually saying to people. Freaking, freaking someone out. Hey, we're going to be friends for a long time. It's just the Knicks game, man. Relax. <laughs> but I'm still friends with that guy. Oh, are you? Yep. I sat next to you in a Super Bowl once. Did you know that? What, I might have known it. I think I do know it. Detroit? No. It was... Um, there was something happened to another comic that day. It was so funny. I think you might have witnessed it. They threw Frank Caliendo off of the field. Were you there? Do you remember that? It was in Jacksonville. Oh, that was the biggest shithole I've ever been to in my life. Wasn't it terrible? That's not a town. That's 
That's Jacksonville, Florida, man. That was not That's a good place Georgia? for Super Bowl. No. And, no. The, the toilet water was flowing yeah. through the yeah. floor before kickoff. And, and, and there was no... They ran out of food before kickoff. And there was no jam. There was no place no to hotels. jam. No hotels. No hotels were spread out. put people up in cruise ships. I was, away, I was so far off that campus. There was no real campus of... It was not a good a place. Mess. But I sat next to you for a quarter because you were with our manager, uh, Barry Katz. I, I never knew he managed. I'm learning a lot of things today. <laughs> you didn't know I managed Craig Shoemaker? You had, you Craig had no idea. I never Shoemaker told you. Shoemaker came up to my club in Boston. He, he destroyed. Unbelievable. He's undeniable, man. Unbelievable. Here's He's my Barry. Here's my best monster. Barry quick synopsis of He's an impression for people that don't know who my manager, ex-manager is. Does anybody kill like this great shoemaker? He's one of the greatest comedians in the country, and you're all about to see why. Please welcome Dustin Diamond. <laughs> here's my manager in a nutshell, Barry, my ex-manager. He goes, uh, just answer yes to everything. Craig, I have a gig for you. Are you sitting down? Are you sitting down? You, mean, you just say be agreeable to everything I say. Yes, Are you I sitting am. down? Yes, I No, you're not Barry. I'm Barry. You're you. Oh, I thought we were dueling dueling You can do it like that Barry's, if you want. And I can say well, uh, everything in the affirmative. There's a stand-up gig. It's on the Great Wall of China. I don't know if you know about the Great Wall of China, but it's, it's this remarkable piece of architecture, and it goes for thousands of miles through China, maybe Mongolia, but they want you. The Chinese government has selected you to do stand-up comedy on the Great Wall of China. You're the first comedian that's ever been allowed in the country of China, and they want to pay you $500,000. It's one show. You're going to be a guest of the czar or whatever they call it, man. And uh, it's going to be covered over every news cycle. 1,000 channels are going to broadcast your 10-minute set. Do you want the gig? Yes, I do. It's canceled. <laughs> Actually, I got it back, Papa. Are you, can you assemble... An AK-47 in darkness? No, no. You've never assembled a rifle? No. An AK-47, you don't know how to put it together or take it apart and put it back? No, I don't. Can you fly a plane? Yes. No. (laughs) Okay, I'll tell him. (laughs) Click. Okay, I'll tell him. Can you fly a Learjet? No. (sighs) Okay, I'll tell him. Like I'm fucking killing him. You've got to create the holy shit moments. You look like Sam Rockwell and sound like Nicholson. <laughs> but he looked just like, it's like Sam Rockwell doing Jack Nicholson, which oh. is not off the beaten path of possibilities. Doesn't it drive you crazy when you do an impression and someone dissects it? No. Because <laughs> oh, I, I dissect my own. Oh, it drives me out of my mind. Well, how am I supposed to know? I thought you were a regular things, person. One of the things I do voiceovers for, commer- for uh, cartoons and stuff, and I pride myself that no cartoon voice will no, never sound it will never sound the same as the other voice well barry has a very jack nicholson way of speaking yes, in the first place yes, you know it's good yes wrong verb like you could do jack nicholson stories as barry a girl goes up to barry katz and goes hey barry you want to dance and it was amazing he looked at her and went wrong verb <laughs> i love him so much he was like a dad to me i just talked to him uh, the other day it had been a while very critical. I don't think he did that with you. Very critical. He, I got he, critical he, quick. He he got because I left him. He got he almost like every time I talk to him now, he has to get very. Really? Here, here's what happened with you: is you just no, it's not like that at all. You refuse to, you know, your ego is so 
so out of line that you had to right? kill. You had to kill every time, so you wouldn't do new stuff. Could he you, be right? Huh? Could he be right? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's so critical. He's right. That's hilarious. Well, in other words, I say the critic doesn't need to come out after you haven't talked to someone in two years. Yeah, and after you've addressed it already. And they break right into it. Like, I've been saving this. Well, he's a guy, you know, you can break his balls about it. Oh, yeah. With me, it was more when the shit was coming done, undone, when it hit the fan and I was coming undone. Yeah. He, I, I went back to AA. I didn't drink. I was that f- sick that people thought I got fired from two different jobs because I thought I was on drugs. Mm. So I went, oh, this means I'm acting like I'm on drugs. So I need to go back to A and work a program again and start sure. over. And I, Because I never worked it the first time. May 5th, 1998. March 14th will be three years. And when I was undone, she was right there saying like, "You're." she got it. Why? But still she let Corey, me know. Who's yeah, here, Corey, yeah. my producer. And um, Aaron's another guy. Like I had to make amends to them. Mm-hmm. Like I fucked up what they were working on. Right. Because I was acting a certain... But I was just lost. And Barry sure. just kind of got quiet. And I needed a hero more than I needed anything. I needed somebody just fucking give me the benefit of the doubt that I was struggling with something that I couldn't explain to them at the time. Yeah. Because you don't want to sell out a spouse. We're wired that way. We're East Coast guys. You don't want to complain to your well, friend. We talked about fear before. I don't even know how many podcasts ago this 16, was. It was 16. Whitey <laughs> 4. 16. Number 16. Uh, it's just, you know, that's just fear. He's, he doesn't know how to. Um, May, uh, yeah. You know, I lo- look, how, I love how, him. I don't look know, for a, a why. Man, a manager can only go so far and, and so deep. And that's pretty deep. Cause that's well, especially what, that, when he's booking himself. That's <laughs> his own podcast. Like, why well, I should have a meeting with that guy. Yeah. If you want a meeting with any of my guests, just give me blocks of time and I'll see if I can get them. Me- that's not how it works. I tried to get on your radio show through him and he, and he never made it happen. So here we are. Just text me anything you need 24-7. We let made me tell it, you something. We made it happen. And uh, so we can now stay in touch, uh, do a bro thing yeah. and hang. And I'm Corey lives al- close and to I'm you. Always, uh, oh, yeah. And I get my hair cut by her mom Corey, all the time. I'm going to steal her. Uh, she's going to work for me now. She, she, yeah, she'll take the upgrade. Trust, I'm out of money. Well, I do want her part time. Is that okay? Yes. Okay, great. Yes. She lives around the corner, which is yes. Great. And I told her, by the way, not to brag about her. But did he really talk to you about this? Oh, yeah. When are we gonna fucking tell me about that? It just Get in the car. It happened. Get in the car. It, had, it happened. It happened. No, no, you don't put your coat on. If you were on you time, it wouldn't have nobody. happened if he was on time. Would it, Corey? And it took, it took a year and a half of you and I trying to get him hey, to, dick to face, the podcast. Your address we tried is the corner. a year and a half. I was here. Okay. Your, your address is around the corner. Okay. No, am I wrong? No. He didn't. I was here. Not at 8 o'clock. Yes, I was. Not at 8 o'clock. I was part. You were saying, I don't know where it is at 810. <laughs> That's not true. It, that you made that up. I'm, I'll go with my text. I've never texted that to you. Pull it out. I have your address. <laughs> I punch it in. It goes right to the map. So, anyway. I pulled over. No, I'm at I know, the address. I, I know that. So, and so I pulled Corey over because I, I was so early, actually, and I made myself late. You were right. We discussed. Uh, I said, I'm looking for someone hybrid. And I. So, Jay and I also, we share psychic, intuitive abilities. Claire sentient. We can look into people. I know when there's a spirit attached to me. Exactly. Literally, I have one right now, Corey, actually. who I do not know. 
I knew right away that I could flat out say to her, you want to work for me? Yeah. No interview. When did he ask you that? I don't need to see a a resume. Oh, it was within two seconds. She just didn't mention me. That's all. She couldn't have. You walked in. I'm disgusted with the two of (laughs) you. Raging bull. Shut up. I'll do with you later. This poor guy. He suffered. He suffered through this podcast. I want her to. No. I'm at a ball. What are you talking about? So uh, I'm in my happy place right now. And the fact that. She could possibly put some shekels in her pocket because my well went dry and she stayed and, loyal. And yeah, and you she's never the loyalist. Know, and you never know what we're going to do together now. Two creative That's what forces, makes life living. Two creative forces that yeah. kill it on stage, that know what the people want throughout the country. Two coxmen. We got, we got our fingers on the pulse. Two swashbucklers. Two conquistadors. Cortez and the killer. <laughs> I think I just named our morning radio show. Cortez and the Killer. Cortez and the Killer? That's Which one am I? You're the Killer. Okay, I'm the Killer. <laughs> All right, Cortez. Cortez the Killer? You don't never heard of him? No. I, I said Conquistador. He was a Conquistador. I like the word. He got rid of the Aztecs. So, Because um, they were pesky. So that's what we'll do. To him. And hopefully on our show, it's called Can I Help You? Hopefully we help some people by sharing our stories about life and trauma and getting through it. And we both had panic attacks. We both had difficult divorces. We both been broke. We both had difficulties, accused of things that we didn't do, accused of things that we did do. We've been defensive. We've been alpha dogs that don't have people don't think we have needs. So we talked about a lot of yeah. stuff today. Let's just do another it, one right away soon. Yeah, we'll do another yeah. one right away. But I'm how about we'll do a hang weeks. and maybe we'll put a microphone on when we're hanging. Yeah, I'm free for like the next 10 days. Actually, I happen to be as well. Yeah, I'll be back. So there you go, folks. Let's see if actually Jay Moore, if oh. it takes him another year and a half to connect. Well, now I don't want to come back if you want me to jerk about it. <laughs> I, mean, I went out of my way to make it happen. I canceled He's an open to- mic that I promised I'll my friend that I would do. I'll check my new assistant what you're t- what I you're canceled t- an open mic I promised a buddy I would do that he's hosting, and I canceled. Pr- I didn't go to practice today to make sure this was the number one thing in my life. Good. So when you go like, let's see if Jay Moore and Grace, like, well, I take, I take well, offense to that. For a year and a half, it wasn't number one. I never heard about it. Uh, a Corey, couple times. Corey, we're going to gang up on him now. How about you both go fuck he's, yourself? He's not going to feel any loyalty from either one of us. Watch this. How long I tried, how long I tried to get this guy... Have I ever said I don't want to do his podcast? No, never so did the, you so say why that. Am I on the that's defense? different. That's th- that's not what I'm saying. I'm a busy guy. I'm a single dad. I was broken. Uh, okay. I was a broken dude, man. I don't, I don't have the wife you have. I don't have a life. I will I don't have later. A life. I've got nothing. To, to be honest, my four kids. I just let them be orphans. The shit kind of hit the fan. The first yeah, that's what I'm trying to explain. <laughs> but he's so compassionate. Oh, oh, some of the yeah. tough stuff was going on. All my abuse was late. Most of the stuff that fucked me up. See, I'm, was like over, in the last I'm over five. mine. I, I, I had all my childhood stuff, and now I'm... Childhood stuff, I'm way over. Who cares? Yeah, because you didn't have I'd any. I'd make a kid drag me into the woods spoiled and blow him again. Who cares? Spoiled little brat. Me? Yeah, you didn't even have any. You didn't have any trauma. I didn't hear anything. I tried to get it out of you. No, your question was a rambling fucking crazy person. It wasn't a person. rambling... I finally... finally Free shit. Finally, you said... Could you give me a concise... Said, hey, hey, can you be concise? You're talking about child. Okay. Is that how I talk? <laughs> Do that again. <laughs> Do I look, sound like that, kiddo? Uh, Oh, oh! Don't ask my son. Do I really will, sound like that? By Do the way, again. talk about loyalty. He'll never take my Do it again. side. I what did even, I say? I what did I say? You I, did just. How did I say? Like no, no. Ooh, 
Uh, I don't remember. Oh, oh you, 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 you should have been, been specific about the childhood. I'm imitating my son, imitating me. No, actually, I you. said I apologize. Yes. I missed the childhood. Part. You missed the childhood. So I didn't go. Oh, I didn't hear you about the childhood. <laughs> I said I'm sorry. Right. He doesn't know we're saying the same thing. I'm going back. I'm going back over our text messages. Will you stop with the Aspergers? No. I always thought it was Aspergers, by the way. I wish a camera was. I wish I just had a, a, a highlight. What do you call it? I wish the commercial for this episode of your podcast was on television and it was only a picture of you with voiceover like, go to, you know, this podcast. Get it here. It's available everywhere. It's great. And it's the best. And then just cut to you. Would you stop with the Aspergers? That's the whole commercial. I can only say that as Paul Reiser. Would you stop with the Aspergers? You know the difference between Paul Reiser and Jerry Seinfeld? Uh, $50 million? <laughs> mm, not really. Mad about you. Mm-hmm. Nowhere near Seinfeld money. No, it's, it's way surpassed Seinfeld money. Oh, get out of here. Fort. Years as a coach. Well, it's it's not as crazy as you think. Difference. Oh, we could look up celebrity net worth right now. Yeah, it I'll says put, I'm I'll, worth five million. It says I'm worth ten. I don't have five bucks. My, my, I'm with, my <laughs> Uber account. Thing we have in common. My son. My son's. Why in would college? anybody think you're worth ten million dollars? My, son, my son's in college, right? And so they all try to get money, beer money from him. They go, "Your dad's got ten million. I just looked it up. Why would they think you have ten million dollars? What am like? I know what you make, not what you make, but I know as a white stand-up comic that fills the rooms we fill, I know, you know, the, the ballpark. It ain't 10 mil. It ain't 10 million, yeah. No. Unless you invest really well. That's Nick Swartzen business. Swartzen does that kind of business? He writes movies. Oh, wow. He's become a new bud. Swartzen. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's like, oh, man, I'm going to see you again soon. I never knew him, though. I never knew him. I never knew you. I want to hear, next time I meet you on this podcast or mine, I want to learn about your modality, the way you go about helping people using your uh, intuition, what you say is psychic ability. Yeah. I want to know about that next time. We, it's really important to me. It's cool. Um, well, actually, I will put this out to you. I got so We have to close this out. We got to close this out. I will put this out to you, this other offer, is I see people for free and I give them readings and when I find a feeling I'll say do I have permission to tell you what this is you might not like it you might not really resonate with it but whatever it is can I tell you 99.9% of the time they say yes and most of the time well we can't miss it's right on we lose it's right on we can't be wrong when we do this not you and I to each other when we help other people like I'm alive I what you were saying earlier about do you feel a certain way about talking about yourself? Mm-hmm. Life coach took me a long time to just go, just, there's nothing else to call it. Mm-hmm. Just fucking call it that. Because I, call, I hate it. I do a life guide just to be a little different. Because <laughs> so, I don't like the, I'm tired of the word life coach and be, they gave it right. a bad name. Yeah. So and I think I'm one of the only life guides. Um, I'm going to tell you off the air, by the way, what I have coming up next. Um, okay, but do you want to do it to me? Is what you were getting at? I'm, what I'm saying. Let me do it to you, and you do it to me. Here, I do. To, yeah, of course. To my office, but let me do it to you also. And and if you if you need someone to kind of read you, feedback to you, um, everybody needs that. They do, but most don't do it. Right. Most don't do it. Well, Most can I do it to you also? Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. Do you want to do? We'll figure that out later. Right, we'll figure it out later. Anyway, I folks, read you on I yours? hope you. Enjoyed. I should read you on yours. You should read me on mine. 
I know that all of you out there Good talk, that have been Greg. listening for the year and a half that I've been trying to get Jay Moore on the show, I know that this was worth it. This was worth the wait. <laughs> so, And we hope we did help you. Uh, please tell your friends, uh, download us, and all that kind of stuff. This is the stuff I'm, I guarantee Jay Moore is also bad about is is hitting all these notes of the what you're supposed to tell them, where you're supposed to tell them to go. Look, if you're here, then you know. Yeah, go to jmore.com. It's spelled with an H and one O. And Craig Shoemaker, you know how to spell that. Tell your friends. Give us the star ratings and share it. And all that kind of stuff. I hope you had a wonderful time on this very long podcast. Maybe we'll edit it and no. be saying, what's he talking about? No, that's good stuff, man. Don't edit. Why? I, that's what I've been t- I told Corey that always. She what part of me edits. did you take out? I don't edit. Yeah. So so you're going to get it all raw, folks. And you probably no had. You probably, we probably took you through five workouts in your headphones <laughs> after, after she's, all this uh, time. John DiMaggio or yeah. like yeah. Duff. That's, she yeah. says she's had her hands full in the past. All right. don't so anyway, um, I don't man, even have a sign off like Jay Moore. He's How about a, you're he, my brother? He's got a great. T- How about that, Big Brother? Cra- How old are you? Um, why? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He can always look on Wikipedia. I just wanted to know if I was going to call him Big Brother or Little Brother. That's all. Oh yeah. Yeah, you might. Even, Jesus, we're so different. You might call As me. He, you might call me daddy. That's how much older well, I am. We're not you. having sex. I'll wait till we're having sex. Okay. Well, well, that'll be the next episode. Anyway, uh, there's something to look forward to. All right, folks, have a good one. See you next time. See you.